ladies and gentle thems, welcome to Rosé Till Christmas Day, a show where we uncork a bottle and share some cheesy holiday favorites in time for Christmas season. I'm Emma, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby, and this week we're here to talk about Last Christmas. Yay! Yay! How are you doing? Me too. I'm I'm sleepy, but I'm here. And we're both drinking tonight, so today should be fun. Um, what are you, what are you taking? Um, well, I'm finishing off this bottle of Sauvignon that one of my friends left. Ooh. Um, and usually I like a Sauvignon. I don't like this one, but I have some, uh, what is this? I have some Pinot Grigio on standby because there's really not much in this wine glass. (laughs) So, what about you? I'm just taking another barefoot rosé. Um, maybe one of these pods I'll drink a rosé. <laughs> maybe one of these pods. Um, it's just a small glass because I do have to be up tomorrow morning. Ugh. And working. It's like a Monday or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, why why we yeah. do this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's quit our day jobs and become full-time podcasters. <laughs> okay. When I get laid off. So somebody oh, no. else can get a $4.7 billion payout. I will mm-hmm. become a full-time podcaster. That'll be great. God. Well, how have you gotten yourself into the Christmas spirit with all of that bullshit going on? <laughs> well, last week, I traveled down to Calgary. I live in, I live in Edmonton, Alberta. I traveled down to Calgary, Alberta. And my sister is a theater actress in Calgary. And she is in a play called... Would you believe it? Last Christmas. Hey. And it has nothing to do with the movie that we are about to discuss. It's actually uh, one of those. It's a story about families working through their shit at Christmas time, which happens to be like one of my favorite ways to tell Christmas stories. So um, I had this huge smile on my face the entire time because it was... Families working through their ship, but it was also, like, very real and very funny. And everybody in the cast is great. Not that I'm biased. <laughs> um, and so if you are in the Calgary area between now and December 21st, I want to say, go check it out. It's at Lunchbox Theater. Oh, um, yeah, so I got to see that. And I spent an evening at the fireside with like a log crackling and Mm. I'm also doing fake fire logs at my own house but um I've got one of my Bath and Body Works candles going it's been Mm. and I found some really good tea at David's Tea this week so I am I am feeling the Christmas spirit this week let's just say that how about you um well, you talking about your fire, the the fireplace reminded me that Chris and I need to turn on our fireplace mm-hmm. for the fourth time sometime soon. Ooh. Um, we just have to bring the firewood over from my parents' house, and I keep forgetting about that. But <laughs> <laughs> we officially finished setting up our Christmas tree, and it looks is, beautiful. Thank you. It's very pretty. Yeah. Um. And then we also put some colored lights around, um, it's not like a window, but it's like a big opening between, from the kitchen into the living room area. Oh, um, yeah. 
yeah so we put in some pretty colored lights there um and i'm hoping that sometime this week we're going to put our outside lights up um if we have the time and energy for it uh and it's snowing right now actually <gasps> which that really does help with the christmas yeah. spirit thing it really i does. mean I had to drive in it, which kind of dampers the Christmas spirit. But then I was like, you know what? We're going to make this jolly and bright. And so I played Christmas music on my way home from getting dinner with my friends. Uh, So at least it was comfy and cozy driving in the snow. (laughs) Yeah. Just reminds me of this moment where I was, I think I was working at the mall. And I went outside and it happened to be like, full-blown like fluffy snow flurries mm. and like all the mall lights were out and they were playing their christmas music and i was like i stepped out and i was like this is like one of the most magical moments i've ever experienced Aww. at christmas time it yeah. was so nice it's the kind of right now it's the kind of snow that's not like it's not sticking to the roads which is really nice oh, that's um because i don't think it's cold enough for it to do that but it is like lining trees and bushes and stuff so it looks Mm -hmm. like they're like out of a christmas catalog Mm -hmm. it's very pretty yeah i think the the sun at the at this moment is also like really helping with like the christmas spirit thing because it's just so low in the sky that Mm -hmm. it just kind of casts that nice little glow on everything it's almost Mm -hmm. like round the clock uh golden hour around this time of year which i kind of love so yeah yeah Abby, hmm. what movie are we watching this week? We are watching the last... Well, it's not the last... Cri- fuck, let me start over. Okay. <laughs> we are watching Last Christmas. Last Christmas. Uh, so this is the only one that we're watching that is currently out in theaters. Um, we are watching Carol at the end of all of this festivities, but that's streaming by now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this just was coming out at the perfect time. And we thought it would be fun to go and see. And overall, I really enjoyed it. I really um, liked it as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive in and hear your thoughts. Um, so Last Christmas was directed by Paul Feig? I thought it was Feig. Feig? I don't know. Feig. I kept wanting to call him Paul Feige, like Kevin Feige. Yeah, but it's not Kevin. It's not like that. I don't know. How do you say yeah. his last name? Let us know. Feel <laughs> <laughs> uh, to add us on Twitter. Yeah. It was written by Emma Thompson and her partner, Greg Weiss. Um, it stars Amelia Clark as Kate, Henry Golding as Tom, Michelle Yeoh as Santa, Emma Thompson as Petra, Lydia Leonard as Marta, and Boris Isakovic as Ivan. And it also features... Patty Lapone as Joyce and Sue Perkins as the ice show director. <laughs> I saw Sue Perkins in like the opening credits. I'm like, oh my god, Sue Perkins! And uh-huh. then she just had one little scene. I was I love a little Sue. disappointed. <laughs> I love Sue. I miss Sue. Yeah, I should go watch uh, more GBBBO. I haven't watched since Mary Berry left. Oh my gosh. I'm still like working my way through it all on Netflix, so Mary Berry mm-hmm. is still there. Oh, Mary Berry. And in my heart. That's another great way to get into the Christmas spirit is to watch Great, great British Bake Off. Yes. There is even just... like a holiday specific show mm-hmm. that's on Net- American Netflix. Yeah. 
which I should watch, but also, like, I want to make my way through, like, the main That's show. Fair. Yeah. That's, that's fair. So, our story starts in 1999 in Yugoslavia, um, and that's when we realize that that's where our main character, Kate, or Katerina, is from, and she is singing in a choir, and her older sister, Marta, um, Mm. is totally gay. Oh my god, yeah, she's like, she's doing, like, the lesbian, like, holding gaze thing with one of the girls that's also singing Mm -hmm. in the choir and then her parents are like stop and yeah they totally notice and they're like what are you doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so that's how we kind of establish like kate is a singer Mm -hmm. and they seemingly were once a happy family in yugoslavia and Mm -hmm. then we come to modern day well 2017 I don't understand why this story is set in 2017 when it's 2019 but whatever <laughs> we come to 2017 london and this is well after yugoslavia is broken down into multiple different countries um and we find out later that kate's family left because of the war they had mm-hmm. to flee yugoslavia mm-hmm. because of the war so we get adult Kate. She's at a bar, and she meets this dude at a bar. He flirts with her stupidly, telling her she looks thirsty. She goes home with him, because apparently it works, and she sleeps with him. Um, she tells him that she has an audition at West End. So we're like, ooh. Yeah. Fancy. She's doing uh, for herself. <laughs> then in the morning, he goes out. This dude goes out to get veggies or whatever for a smoothie, and she takes a shower. And his wife comes home uh, <gasps> and catches her in the shower and kicks her out. Which, of course, she also sends out a suitcase behind her. Yes, and this is how we learn that Cat is very homeless at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's been kind of couch hopping. Mm-hmm. Or dick By kind of, I mean very dick <laughs> I mean, if it gets you a warm place to sleep at night, like, mm-hmm. and you enjoy it, I mean, go for it, really. Yeah, honestly. Um, but yeah, so this is when we get Kate disgruntled, disgruntledly. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a word. I've made it a word. Um, walking to her job in her. No, she's not in her work year yet, but. She gets to work, and she works in this gorgeous Christmas shop. This is like probably the nicest Christmas shop I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. It's a year-round Christmas shop, mm-hmm. which is like the dream. There's one in uh, Banff. You need to come see me in Alberta, Abby. Yeah. I'll take you to the Christmas shop in Banff. Yeah. You should one year come out here for Christmas, and we can go to the Chris Kindle Market in Ooh. Chicago. It's okay. lovely. It's very. It gets a little crowded, so it depends on the time of day and like day of the week that you go. But they've got like all sorts of like handmade gifts and stuff from around the world, and then mostly German or Austrian oh. stuff. And then you get like German food, and there's alcohol, and it's very nice. I okay. I'm so here for this. Yes, <laughs> I need to come see you at Christmas time. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please do. And then we can go see the giant Christmas tree because it's very pretty. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So uh, Kate works at this year-round Christmas shop 
owned by Michelle Yeoh, who goes by Santa. I love her so much. (laughs) (laughs) She's so good. I love her. Love her so, so much. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) Yes. But she calls herself Santa. It's not a nickname that Kate gave her. No, she is just... Santa is her name. That is her boss's name. She doesn't even dress like Santa. She's just Santa. She wants to be Santa. She loves Christmas. Yep. She loves Christmas. But she's pretty tired of Kate because Kate keeps fucking up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Kate's kind of lazy um, and doesn't really do her job. And in the midst of Kate not really doing her job, her sister Marta shows up and pulls her outside and tells Kate that she needs to talk to their mom because their mom's been calling Kate and she hasn't answered. So now she's calling Marta all the time. And apparently Kate has missed five doctor's appointments. So this is our first indicator into she's sick or at least has been in the past. You don't have five doctor's appointments if you haven't had a recent health crisis. I'm just yeah. saying. Or you're yeah. not in the midst of a health crisis. <laughs> yeah. Although, <laughs> you wouldn't have to be in the midst of a health crisis because those could all be just rebookings. But at the same mm. time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's either you're in like a health crisis or you're very pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she doesn't look pregnant. So. No. And Amelia Clark's very tiny, so she's definitely yes. not pregnant. There you go. Yes. Anyways, Kate, continue. <laughs> so Kate comes back to work and cue our very handsome romantic interest, Tom. Tom. He's outside just looking up, and she comes out there and is like, what the heck are you looking at? And he's just like, oh, look, it's it's some sort of hawk. And he's like, it's rare to see that in the city. And uh, they're kind of admiring this bird, and then this bird shits on kate's eye (laughs) (laughs) of course of course it does like you can tell like her life is in a total mess right now so of course when a weird man just like stares up at a bird all day it shits in her (laughs) eye (laughs) so she goes back in to clean her eye out and then a little while later tom goes comes back in and keeps like insistently asking her to go on a walk with him and she's like you're weird goodbye <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to say i love amelia clark's delivery when she's like still trying to like figure out what tom's about and like yeah trying to push him off i love the way she like delivers all her lines during this yeah. time in the movie yeah i'll get into this a little bit later but i think amelia clark does a fantastic job acting in this film she's she's really really good yes she's fantastic she's very good Kate's late to her audition. Um, so she runs to get to West End, um, and she's late, but they let her sing, and she sings My Favorite Things, and it's not very good, so they laugh at her and tell her to leave. Wait, hang on. We missed something very, very crucial. Mm. We missed Santa's little elf. Or should I say big, oh, tall, European yes. elf. So, so there is... An older gentleman who has eyes for Santa, which I mean, who among us? Um, And he's like, he's a Danish man. We never learn his actual name because Santa can't pronounce it. And so she just calls him boy, (laughs) which is cute, honestly. 
Um, but they have very weird interactions. Because <laughs> she loves Christmas and he loves Christmas too. And mm-hmm. like the sexual energy coming off both of them is just off the charts. <laughs> it's so uh-huh. good. <laughs> they would and very like, much so be into like Christmas themed role play. Yeah. <laughs> like well, she would dress up Santa. as Santa. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and like Kate's watching from the back like, oh my god, this is a thing. This is happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I also miss Patty Lapone's cameo. This is where Patty Lapone comes in and is asking about which baby Jesus she should buy. But, you know, I got excited because it's Patty Lapone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't screaming at somebody to turn their cell phone off, which is kind of disappointing, but I'll take it. Aww. So anyway, uh, Kate did not lock up the shop after work as she was running late to her audition. Mm-hmm. So since Kate's been couch surfing, not surfing, um, she has to ask her friend Jenna if she can crash with her. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up getting to crash with Jenna and Jenna's husband, Rufus. Jenna is very pregnant, like ready to pop. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate's crashed with them before and Rufus doesn't like her because she accidentally burnt his model ship. So he's very into building things. Yeah. Kate can and- stay in their unfinished nursery and she's like, this will be great for my sex life. <laughs> it's like... This is a child's room, ma'am. <laughs> also, your friend's putting you up. Maybe just don't jump on the next stick you see. I don't know. Yeah, I don't no. Know. No, no. If you get an inch, I guess you gotta scratch it. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But Kate finally goes on that walk with Tom. So this is um, after she gets out of her West End audition. Uh, she runs into Tom again. She's like, are you following me? And he's like, no, I just happened to be here. And so Tom takes her to all of these places she's never seen or noticed before and is constantly telling her to look up. And so she's like, oh, I've walked down this street my entire life and I've never noticed this. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, that's what happens when you don't look up. And she's telling him about how she's homeless. So this is before I got it a little mixed up. This is before she got the official okay to stay with jenna um so he takes her to the homeless shelter where he volunteers at night and he's like here i've brought you to your people (laughs) she's like i'm not that homeless man come on so anyway she has a lovely night with tom and she's like well you know give me give me your number because you know i'd like to do this again sometimes but tom doesn't have a phone he does, but he keeps it locked up in the cupboard at his apartment because his life is just so much better without it, which I'm kind of jealous. I wish I had that kind of willpower. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there is a critical moment in which Kate wants to change out of her work outfit. And so she has Tom cover for her on a street. Mm-hmm. So that way she can change, and there's these two construction workers walking past Cat calling her. And she's like, oh, yes, but you bugger off. <laughs> yeah. It's and, a very British exchange. <laughs> yes. And so then she whistle, wolf whistles at them, and they're like, thanks. But she's also yelling at Tom, like, cover me better. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. 
one of my favorite things is when he takes her to this park that he goes to all the time. And she had no idea that it was there. And he knew everybody there and like their business. And there's like this unspoken rule at this little park that you don't tell each other other's business, even though he just did. (laughs) (laughs) But now she's in the club, so maybe it's okay to know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Kate has a lovely night. Her and Tom part ways. And it's the next morning. She, was it this morning that she had a dude over at Jenna's? Yes. Yeah, so so. (laughs) Kate had a dude over at Jenna's and uh, not very discreet about it. And pushes him out while Jenna and Rufus are having breakfast. And then she accidentally crushes Rufus's new project he's working on. And so they kick her out. And fair. Right? Totally fair. (laughs) So then to make matters worse, Kate gets to the shop. And it has been destroyed by a bunch of kids. Yeah. Because she forgot to lock up the night before. But the crucial part of all this is that Santa covers for her. Mm -hmm. So Santa decided to break her own window. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I... And so she has a very serious talk with her afterwards and is like, I've just put my ass on the line to save save both of us. Mm -hmm. You need to get your shit together. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. So that way she could get the insurance. Yeah. Because otherwise they'd be like, well, you forgot to lock up. Yep. And she's like, she says, like, I'm giving you a second chance, which I shouldn't, but I'm a good person. Yeah. And Santa is. (laughs) Santa's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Let me just say. Mm -hmm. I'll have more to say about her, I think, once we get to the end. But yeah, she's really, really good. She is. So Kate is now technically officially homeless. um, And she finally gives in. It's nighttime. She's eating the shitty burger. And she finally gives in and calls for a cab. um, Which we learn to find out the cab driver is her dad. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to drop her off at the house. And she's like, are you coming in? He's like, no, I only come in after your mom has gone to sleep because then she talks less. And we find out that their marriage is pretty shit, that yep. they really ought to get divorced, but I think pride and maybe possibly religion are preventing them from doing so. And I'm pretty sure he happy. says it's too expensive. <laughs> you know what? There is that, too. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Kate really doesn't like her mom. She's made that very, very clear many times over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the big reasons that she doesn't like her mom is that when Kate was sick, mom got a ton of attention. Mm. And it was like mom was not depressed for the first time. So mom's been depressed for a very long time, ever since they had to leave Yugoslavia. Uh, which, I mean, yeah. yeah She's probably your, traumatized, Kate. <laughs> if your country became war-torn and you had to leave behind everything you knew and like mm-hmm. pack up your children and start a completely new life in a country where you probably don't know the language that well mm-hmm. yeah there would probably be some issues stemming from that and your country doesn't even exist anymore yeah like there's so might it's... not even be a home to go back to even though right. things have settled now right like you could go home like you think you're going home and you're in bosnia yeah you know <laughs> 
<clears throat> the last time Kate's mom was like genuinely happy was when Kate was sick. And it's not because Kate was sick. I think it's just because she felt like she had a purpose again. But Kate can't stand her mom and she's sleeping in her childhood bedroom and mom sings her to sleep. It's so sweet. Like it she is. sings her this like lovely old folk song and mm. it's kind of sad sounding, but she sings it so well. And with, like, so much passion, but, like, if you've grown up with that and you've had to listen to that every night, and like, <laughs> you're a grown adult, it might be a little old. So, yeah. <laughs> I can kind of understand where she's coming from here. Can we applaud Emma Thompson at this point, though? Oh, my God. She's so good. Like, she was, like, one of the reasons where I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Oh, Emma Thompson's in this. I'm definitely on board now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we give Emma Thompson... Major, major props for being able to sing in different languages. Yes. Like, her, like so good. And I think the uh, work that she put into her accent work, too. I, th- I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not from that area of Europe. I can't speak to it. But I, I found it very believable. I don't mm-hmm. know if accent excerpts would agree. But yeah, I, she never once really slipped into her English accent. And I think that's, yeah. I think at, at the very least, that's something worth commending. Yeah. But she's able to sing in, and I looked up the languages in Yugoslavia, and there's three different languages, so I'm not sure which one she's singing in, mm-hmm. um, but it's some sort of Slavic language. But then also, like, Emma Thompson can sing in Scots Gaelic. Like, b- what, bitch? Excuse no. you. <laughs> what can't Emma Thompson do? Right? Really. Really, right. really. Yes. She can't get a role in Star Wars. That's what she can't do. Uh, give Emma that, Thompson a role in Star Wars. Seriously, this lady needs to be in a Star Wars. <laughs> Thank you. A minor role. She doesn't need to be a major character. No. Although she's, she could play like a Haldo type. Yeah, I, I'd like that. I'd accept yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I believe at this point, um, so the hard thing with this movie is because it's in theaters, we can't take notes. No. Um so I went and rewatched it this afternoon before we were recording, and I'm still only working off of my memory, so if we miss chunks, that's my bad. Okay, so Kate is now starting to kind of go on dates with Tom, mm-hmm. because uh, at her last interaction with Tom, she had also mentioned that she's auditioning for a part in Frozen, which he's never heard of, apparently. Um, and so she's explaining it to him and she's like, it also happens to be on ice. And he goes, oh, you skate? And she said, no, never in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And so he takes her to an ice skating rink to teach her how to skate. And it's actually very romantic. It, oh my God. Especially with like the lights hanging down and... They're all alone, and a security guard might be coming by, you know, I'm just saying. (laughs) It's great. Uh, But then the guard comes and tells them they have to leave, and they're like, yep, sorry, our our bad. Sorry. Oops. Sorry. 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 (laughs) Uh, And then eventually... So 
on another outing with Tom, they end up like going to his place, and he lives in like mm-hmm. this very cramped one room, be- one bedroom apartment. But he lives in London, so yeah, yeah. he lives in a cramped one bedroom apartment. It's like despicably clean, it's, like, yes. ridiculously clean. It's super neat and tidy. And Kate's like, I don't want to even sit down because I don't want to crease anything. <laughs> no. So she sits on the floor. And this is when she tells him about how she had heart surgery Mm -hmm. and she needed to get a new one. And so she got a heart transplant. And ever since then, it has felt wrong, which I cannot imagine. Like, obviously, like there's the joy and oh, my God, thank God I'm alive um, with the idea of an organ transplant. But like Mm -hmm. there's something about it that I would be like. Somebody else's body part is inside of me. Mm. I don't know if I could. It would be hard for me to reconcile and learn to live with that. See, and I would, I feel like I would have enough distance Mm. where I'd be like, okay, they managed to find something else to put inside of me. I'm okay. I feel like a lot of what she's kind of dealing with is more or less that, I was really, really sick for a really long time, and suddenly mm-hmm. I was okay, and I don't know how to function anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I was just, I, she was literally on death's door, and now she's alive, and she doesn't know what to do with herself. I feel like that's a huge part of yeah. her identity crisis at the moment. Well, and she mentions to Tom, too, is like, like, I was really sick for a long time, and then I was okay, and everybody expected me to move on mm-hmm. and be okay. Yeah. And I can't. And so he snuggles her on the floor. And he tells her, like, basically, like, it's okay. And she's just like, I've, you know, I've been a jerk. And he's like, you make mistakes. And he tells her that she's made of of everything she does. Um, And this is very romantic. Yeah. And so she's like, can we go to sleep? He goes, sure. And so he tucks her into bed and he's like moving to get up. And she's like, wait a minute. (laughs) I thought we were going to sleep. And he's like, no, 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 no. And so she asks him, can I at least get a kiss? And he tells her that he will if she sings him a lullaby. And so she sings him Heal the Pain by George Michael. (laughs) (laughs) And then the geese. Geese. So after that, like, Kate feels like a whole new woman. She starts doing good things. She auditioned for Frozen and does pretty well. (laughs) Um, And this is where we have Sue. Yes, this is where Sue comes in, and she's a delight. But also, like, we get the idea that, like, The fact that they went and practiced together um, Mm -hmm. basically makes it so that she didn't, like, fall on her ass during the entire thing. So they're actually considering her. Yep. Yeah, like, Sue's like, I think she'd be good for the horse. Yes. And then (laughs) Kate falls on her ass on the way out. So. Uh, (laughs) So close. So close. But she was very cute. She's like, I did that so you didn't think I was too perfect. (laughs) Which I love. Yeah. So Kate doesn't really see Tom for a few days, but she's continuing to start doing good things. So she starts volunteering 
at the homeless shelter in hopes to find him. Um, well, she was actually kind of voluntold. <laughs> like, she went to the homeless shelter to go and find him, and the gentleman who was working the biscuits and uh, tea. tea station was like, here, go do this while I stir the soup. And so then she kind of got roped into doing that. But she actually really starts to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So much so that she starts to sing outside of the homeless shelter to get money for the homeless shelter. She's late to family dinner at her parents' house. She's like, I was actually volunteering at the homeless shelter. And her parents are like, and her sister are like, uh, <laughs> um, ye- no, we don't believe that. No. But anyway, they're having dinner to celebrate Marta's promotion. And throughout all of this, Marta starts getting on Kate about how she's doing nothing with her life. Um, but her mom babies her all the time. Harsh. There's a lot of, like, sibling resentment going on here. Because mm-hmm. she probably got so much, like, all the attention when she was Oh, sick. yeah. And she was oh, the yeah. baby when they had to leave yugoslavia and i'm sure there's just like a lot there's like years of resentment kind of building up there well and marta mentions so in yugoslavia kate's dad was a lawyer Mm -hmm. um and he didn't end up getting his license to practice in the uk because that's fucking expensive yep uh, to get a new license and so then he just started driving cabs and Marta mentions like if dad couldn't be a lawyer I had to be the one to be a lawyer um and Kate kind of just gets to work at a Christmas shop and mom still babies her yeah so Marta's been very much left to kind of vent for herself so Kate yells at her in the undisclosed Slavic language and i feel bad not knowing exactly which one it is but i just don't know um but apparently the thing that she tells her is i will nail you to my dick (laughs) (laughs) which leads to her mom being like dick what is dick and her dad's like dick is another word for penis and so they're just going back and forth like dick is penis penis is dick and she mom goes our neighbor's name is dick Yes, it is, but that does not mean penis. It means Richard. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But Marta gets mad at her about it. One, because she says, I will nail you to my dick. (laughs) And two, because she's like, oh, so now you want to embrace your culture. (laughs) Like, do you even know what that means? Kate or Katerina or whatever we're calling you. Um, And then Kate gets very, very mad at Marta. So much so that she ends up outing her. To her parents. Mm-hmm. Who may or may not have known this entire time, but you still don't out your sibling to your parents. Just a PSA. Don't, like, I don't know if, like, people who've never had to come out, like, fully understand the weight of what Kate just did to Marta, but, like, yeah. you just, it's, it's something that only the person who is coming out has the right to disclose, And it's such a personal and it's such a scary thing, especially if you're coming from a religious background, to have to admit to your parents because you do not know how they are going to react. Exactly. So what Kate did there was by far a dick move. (laughs) So if we're talking about dick. (laughs) So Marta has every right to nail Kate to her dick. (laughs) Yeah. At some point, I can't remember at which point, 
of the movie that this is in. Um, but it, it's a very important part of the film where Kate comes home and there are, it's the news on the TV and it is a bunch of Brexit marches. Oh, yeah. Um, in favor of Brexit. And Petra, her mom, is crying and saying that they'll make them leave just like how they had just like how they had to flee Yugoslavia during the war. Yeah. Um, and so that's very prevalent, even mm-hmm. though this film was set in 2017. This is still an issue in 2019. It's just, oh my God. There's some prevalent political things in this movie. Kate continues to do more good, like helping Santa more, including helping her get a date with the Danish man that Santa calls boy. Uh, and like during all of this like they end up having this really big heart to heart where like Santa had hired her seasonally and noted that she was actually a very personal um, salesperson and the customers really responded to her which is why she got the full time job year round at the Christmas shop and Santa noted like since she got sick and she came back like you just haven't been the same person, and I don't know right. how much longer I can kind of put up with this person. Because mm-hmm. the reason why Kate still has a job and still has a, Santa has a little bit of faith in her is because who she was before. Yeah. And it's I, almost a turning point for Kate, I think, too. Yeah. Kat, I feel Kate, like I don't know. it's a really good example of... Because like, I think you and I can both agree that at this point, all of Kate's problems are mental health issues. Yeah. Um, like, I would even go so far as to say that I might consider diagnosing her with bipolar disorder if I knew her a little better. Um, really? Just because of her extreme risky behaviors and big mood swings and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I feel like this is a really great example of, like, mental health is an explanation, not an excuse. Yeah. Um, so, like, Santa's done everything she really could for Kate. Mm-hmm. Like, everything. She gave her her job back after Kate didn't lock up. She lied for Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, when it could cost her everything. And she finally gets to a point where she's just like, if you fuck up again, I can't justify it. Yeah. And people could look at that and be like, but, like, she's not mentally stable and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. And Santa gave her every opportunity, and she screwed every single Santa one over. Santa has been a fucking saint to Kate, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, there's... Yeah. I don't think many employers would be as forgiving God, as Santa no. has been. So. God, no. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm going to be an annoying therapist, but, like, you are part of your own recovery. And so that means you have to put work into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like and- that's a good example of it. And it, the film makes it explicit that Kate's not there yet. Yeah. Or she's kind of taking her first steps in this film. But yeah. it's been a process. Yeah. And in that process, she goes to apologize to Marta. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alba, her quote-unquote flatmate, her girlfriend, <laughs> is the one who answers the door. And she's like, oh, <laughs> okay. And Kate apologizes profusely marta ends up coming to the door and she continues to apologize and marta's like you know that doesn't fix anything right and she Mm -hmm. says yeah she understands 
um which is good and like they kind of leave it at that because mm-hmm. i was expecting marta to just be like all right come in you know what i mean yeah but it's like forgiveness is a process and they've just mm-hmm. taken the first step and yep. they're gonna work on it and that's a great thing to see you know? yes I agree. it's not just an instant okay i forgive you and it's not like fuck you get out it's like okay i hear mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. we'll work on it yep. i'm not there yet so yep yeah i love that yeah there's also a scene of kate on the bus um and there is a yugoslavian couple talking um in their native language and some xenophobic asshole tells them that if you're going to be in my country you need to speak english um and gets off the bus and so kate comes over and comforts them and is like you are welcome here. You can speak whatever you want. And she introduces herself as Katerina. Mm. So she's slowly starting to embrace her culture again. You know what that's called? Hmm. Growth. Growth. <laughs> Growth. Yeah. She also starts taking care of her body more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see her start to eat like healthier foods um, and drinking Girl lots was- of like green juices. Girl was eating like takeout every single night. Yeah. You you got a heart condition, sweetheart. You yeah. can't do that. You can't eat gross <laughs> burgers mu- every night. It's too much sodium, sweetie. Yeah. I want you to be able to, but I also want you to live. Yeah. Although she's made it this far so far. Right, you know. Fine. She's made it a she's year. Young. <laughs> you know. Yeah. She's she's got to like deal with her shit and eating all has not been a priority <laughs> for her yet. So, yeah. You know first steps and we're proud of her but we're proud of her for eating and staying alive too yes um and she's also starting to mend the relationship with her parents Mm -hmm. Uh, so she's visiting them more i'm assuming she's been staying with them at this point um and also mending relationships with all the other people that she's kind of hurt along the way Mm -hmm. so like mending the relationship with jenna and rufus and with another roommate where she accidentally killed his blowfish mm-hmm. because she knocked her hair dryer into the fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> so she's there's this very sweet scene where <laughs> Kate goes to her mom and is like they're not going to make us leave and her mom makes the good point of this is how it starts. Uh, yeah. They start pointing fingers and stuff like that. And then, all of a sudden, like, it's this very tender moment. And then there's this beat. And her mom goes, I blame the poles. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> damn it. It always, like, just shifts the blame. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, so she's slowly starting to mend relationships. She's continuing to work at the homeless shelter, even though she still hasn't seen Tom yet. Mm-hmm. at the shelter but she's giving her time and talent to be able to help them and forming bonds and relationships with all of these people there's even like a dude that like maybe kind of seems into her and she's like spending yeah. some time with him you know yeah yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> but she finally sees tom at the park at their favorite little park together and kate is like you know they kiss and she's like you know with all of these like kisses and 
missing you like kind of feels like we're in a relationship and tom is like oh no yeah. we have to talk dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> and basically tom tells her that he's worried that she's depending on him for her happiness and for her ability to go and enjoy her life um and kate is pissed about that uh because i think she took it as i don't love you when she was like ready to go all in on this guy yeah so she leaves is like screw you but she continues to keep trying to do good because then she organizes a talent show for the shelter to help raise money. And so you get a cute little montage of everybody auditioning for the talent show, which we love a montage in this house. We love a montage and we love really talented people showcasing yes. their talents. And you're kind of like, whew, this is like the most talented homeless shelter I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's great. Yes, I love it. So finally, Kate decides to just, and this is all in the midst of making um, amends with people. She, The last person she decides to make amends with is Tom. And so she goes to his apartment, and there is a estate agent who is holding viewings in the apartment. And Kate is so confused. She's like, okay, but like, Tom's going to be back, right? And he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's just like, the, the estate agent is like, well, you know, it's a tiny place, but it does have some good cupboards and opens one. And there's Tom's phone. And Kate's like, ah, literally in the cupboard. Here it is. And she gets his phone. And the estate agent is like, well, you know, the person who lived here like died. And oh my I'm not kidding. Somebody in the theater when I saw it this afternoon was like, <gasps> really? <laughs> yes. Like, audibly gasped um and we find out that tom was killed in a bike accident because tom bikes everywhere um but he was killed in a bike accident last christmas yeah and the apartment has been ever empty ever since he passed because of the probate process and we find out that tom was kate's heart donor yeah all of Christmas, their... he mm-hmm. gave Kate his heart. <laughs> All of their interactions were just her, and she was imagining that he was there. And honestly, I started crying. <laughs> it's so devastating. But it is. Like, oh. Like, then all I'm, this work you thought you had been doing, especially yeah. with regards to relationships, and that person doesn't exist, but you've been doing so good. <laughs> oh, my God. It, I don't know, something about that, like, hurt a lot. Because yeah. then I'm thinking, oh, my God, she was having hallucinations. Like, visual hallucinations. She probably needs to talk to her doctor about this. Very much so needs to talk to her doctor about this. And it further leads me to being like, yeah, I could probably diagnose her with bipolar disorder. Maybe. Um, I say this as a person with bipolar disorder. It's okay. No, Um, but like, you just can't turn off the therapist's brain and I love you for it. (laughs) I have to work tomorrow. I have to switch it on at some point. 
So Kate goes to the park, their favorite park, and Tom shows up, and she's crying, and I'm crying. Basically, Tom tells her that he'll always be with her in her heart, quite literally. Yeah. Um, And the fact that the hallucinations she was having felt so real was because he he was there. He was a part of her. Yeah. Yeah, because she's like, why can I feel you? Yeah. Because he's literally beating in her chest. Oh, my God. Mm. It's so romantic (laughs) in the most (laughs) devastating way. I did not expect to, like, I was genuinely crying. And I don't know if I'm just, like, over-emotional today. It very well could be. I'm very stressed and tired. I'm very small and don't have a lot of money. You can under the ima- you can imagine the <laughs> kind of stress I am under. <laughs> and so I was like full on crying in the theater. And this is when this is I wanted to talk about Amelia um, and her acting in this film because um, I've said a couple of times before. So. If you don't know at this point, Emma and I are big Star Wars fans, which is probably the only way you found this podcast, um, because we upload the feed, or, or we Star upload Wars our podcast. episodes to our Star Wars podcast feeds. And when Amelia Clark was cast in Solo, I was very upset for a multitude of reasons, um, one of which being she is a white brunette, and the other of which being I was not a huge fan of her acting. No. Um... Because at this point, it was, like, season five, six of Game of Thrones. Um, And Amelia had kind of... Was only really given one side of her to show, which was just screaming. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know if it's her as an actor or this is what she was given. And after I saw Solo, I was like, oh, it's just that she was given shitty directing and shitty writing which i knew she was given shitty writing but then this like amelia clark has fucking range she's excellent in this she is and like she's so good she she has so many like she's so expressive her face is so expressive and she's she's just she's funny when she needs to be she's heartbreaking when she needs to be and it makes me very upset that she had to work on a show for like 10 years where she had shitty direction yeah and couldn't showcase her full talents as an actress i agree with that i was i was moved by her performance in this movie and like i was saying earlier like when she's kind of like trying to brush tom off and like just be like yeah i'm the (laughs) best don't hang out with me yeah (laughs) and then like he's like i'm not turned off by this i'm sorry she's yeah i just i loved that portion of the movie and i loved the sincere i love she brings quite a bit of sincerity into her roles Yes. Outside of Game of Thrones, I can't really speak too much to her stuff in Game of Thrones, but like outside of Game of Thrones, she just she does bring like this very sincere performance to a lot of her mm. stuff, and it really plays well in this movie. So it's two weeks later, and we're at the talent show, and it is fucking packed with like all of the people that we have met throughout the movie, including mm-hmm. the estate agent. Um, and then some. Mm-hmm. 
And Kate gets on stage and thanks everybody for being there and uh, talks about how lucky they are to be here, how lucky they all are to be alive. Um, And then somebody requests a song. And so she begins to sing, you guessed it, Last Christmas by Wham. (laughs) (laughs) And then the curtain opens and everybody's there playing their instruments and singing along. You get a really long shot of um, Andy Ridgely, who is the other member of Wham in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's very wholesome because the entire audience starts singing and dancing. And that's very much so a Christmas movie moment. Yeah. which that's the shit I live for, man. Yeah, it just yeah, it's all warm fuzzies. And, and like, that's Santa yeah. and Boy are together, and her parents are happy, and Alba and Marta are there, and yeah. So then we get to Christmas at Katerina's parents' mm-hmm. place because at this point she has fully accepted. And used as you now using her birth name of Katarina, um, because she's now fully accepted her culture, and Alba's there too to celebrate she's part Christmas. Of the family. She Yay. made a tiramisu. Uh, <laughs> Kate's Katarina's mom is like now before we eat this lesbian pudding. <laughs> pudding she starts singing this very uh solemn folk song from croatia Mm -hmm. uh and (laughs) their dad makes fun of her and so they start singing a happy song and they all start dancing around the living room it's the same song he calls oh is it he calls her out because like why do you sing that song so depressingly it is a fun happy love song Let's sing it the way it's supposed to be sang. And she's like, well, what, you know. And then they start singing the happy version Mm -hmm. of the song. And it's wonderful. And it's very sweet. Yeah. It's a very sweet moment. And then we get our final scene where it is summertime. And Kate's out there at her and Tom's favorite park. And she is, like, visibly happier Mm -hmm. and healthier. Um, and she's writing in a journal on Tom's memorial bench. And she looks up, like Tom always told her to do, and she smiles. And that is where we end our movie. Oh my god. It was a very sweet movie. Made me really, I, like I said, I cried. So, you know. <laughs> I did not cry, but... I'm not someone who would cry in these circumstances, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it, this isn't like a one-off where, like, the movie didn't connect with you. No, it connected with me. It was emotional. It just, mm-hmm. I'm not a crier in this sense. Can we talk? No, okay. So, what was the best part of the movie for you, Abby? And what was the worst part of the movie? I would say the best part. Well, no, I'm going to start with the worst part because that's always the easiest. Um, heck, maybe it's not the easiest in this case. Uh, 
You go first. <laughs> oh, no. I was, like, just racking my brain because I knew I had a worse part and I couldn't remember what it was. Oh, it was Shoot. probably her outing her sister as, like, oh, a yeah. back. And, like, oh, yeah. At, but at the very least, the film frames it as, like, oh, no, you fucked up. Yeah. Like, this was a terrible thing to do to your sister. How dare you? But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you were doing so well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the worst. How about you? I th- I'm gonna go with that one. That okay. her outing her sister was the worst part of the film, and I feel like in in I don't know. I can't speak for straight people, but <laughs> I feel like in 2017 you would realize that outing people is wrong. Yeah, I guess not. Um. Yeah. And she does realize it's the wrong move. Yeah. Like, so, like, part of me is, like, I don't know if I would give, like, I don't want to give that the worst, but I, like, it's such a good movie. Yeah. Overall. And there wasn't anything that, like, really stood out to me as cringy. Yeah. So, well, in sure. that sense, I, I kind of have to go with, like, that as, like, someone who, like, felt it deep in her soul, like, the betrayal that just happened. Yeah. In that moment, so. Yeah. But you're right, at least the film doesn't, like, phrase it as, like, you know, this was an okay thing for her to do. Like, no. no. And I feel like a film made even, like, maybe five, ten years ago would have had Katarina justifying that and trying to get the audience on her side. So I feel like that's a good thing. The best part of this movie is Santa. Yeah, yes. And let me tell you why. When I saw the trailers for this movie, I was like, oh, like, she's going to be, like, a total stereotype. She's going to fit into, like, that dragon lady kind of mold. And Santa Mm -hmm. was a fully realized character who had her own wants. She, it was made clear she loves Christmas. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, all these little bits and pieces to her character that created this really, and, like, I'm not... Asian, so like obviously I can't speak to how well this is in terms of representation. I've seen positive mm. things from people like on my timeline, um, but from what I've been able to tell, um, and she's still playing a supporting character to a white woman. Keep that in mm-hmm. mind. Um, but I feel like she was a lot more well-rounded as a character, and so Michelle Yeoh was used to the best of her abilities here. Yes. And she was sympathetic. She was someone you could understand where she was coming from. And she had this full life and she was sexual. And Mm -hmm. it was not something that I had seen, I feel like, from an older Asian woman in, like, Mm -hmm. a predominantly white story. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um... And a total perk to this film. And, like, there was a lot to love about this film. I also loved... uh, This film made me want to go to London (laughs) at Christmas time. I was so in love with how everything looked. It was magical. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think... Well, you put the nail on the head with Michelle Yeoh and the way Santa is portrayed in this film i think at the end of the day like my favorite thing is just the heart behind this movie Mm -hmm. um i remember seeing a lot of reviews like 
people reviewers did not like this movie like i saw a lot of people being like it's the best worst movie of 2019 and i'm like no not even close this is a well-crafted well-acted movie yeah it's just i think people go into christmas movies like new christmas movies expecting them to like subvert the genre no this is exactly what a christmas movie should be right and they're like oh but you know the the twist that tom was dead the whole time like that was so predictable honestly i might be stupid but i didn't predict it um (laughs) i i saw it predicted as soon as the trailer dropped but it wasn't something like if i wasn't extremely online tm um Mm. i don't think i would have seen that coming yeah so yeah I 100% did not see it coming. But (laughs) I think there's just a lot of heart behind this movie and a lot of care. And um, I mean, the message of the film is is like most Christmas films. But that's the whole, that's the best part about Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. People are like, they're so cheesy. And like their message is about like hope and love. And it's like, yeah, we need that. Yeah. I think I'll and, get into that a bit more in the sincerity part, but yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And especially like they bring up Brexit and mm-hmm. Kate's family having to flee their homeland during the Yugoslav wars. Like the whole idea of this film culminating in the importance of friends and family and taking care of yourself, like that's so important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that was my best part of the movie all right was there anything that was kind of like unbelievable like something that you you struggled suspending your disbelief for um not really the only thing is the idea that um her parents wouldn't at least have an inkling that marta was a lesbian because the first (laughs) scene seemed to indicate it yeah and she didn't have a boyfriend, and she was living with a flatmate. Yeah, that's as, like about as close as I can get. Um, if I lived in London, I, f- I have a feeling that maybe there would be something that would come up, and you're like, "That's not the way we do it. How dare you!" <laughs> but oh, here, here's my um, unbelievable suspension of disbelief. Too many of those English folks showed too many emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. <laughs> they are not emotion. The best dramas come out of England, Abby. I How could you say they're that. emotionless? <laughs> they call themselves emotionless. <laughs> All right. So in terms of, like, sincerity and Christmas magic, this film is, like, punching you in the face with its sincerity. It's like, be yeah. sincere. It's Christmas. <laughs> um, but you made it like a really good point of how like Christmas is a time where like people often push stories of like hope and joy and everything and I feel like I'm gonna get religious on you for a second bear with yeah. me um so if the idea of the coming of Christ is a lot about hope and and loving others and everything and so the idea that christmas would remind us 
of those values is not so far off if you look at Christmas as like the cultural aspect. Um, obviously, I don't expect everybody to like incorporate the religious aspect of Christmas into their celebrations and everything, but I do think there's something to be said for um, the, that undertone kind of highlighting the holiday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is something, and I feel like there's something kind of, it's a wonderful lifey about this, where it's like, mm. your life is a gift, embrace it, you can have a big impact on a lot of people, and I feel like, whereas George has, like, whereas in It's a Wonderful Life, George does have this impact on a lot of people, he's just kind of lost sight of that, mm. Um with this movie, it's like, here's your potential. And it's about Katarina kind of seeing that potential of helping other people and the boost that it gives her herself yeah. and what she does with her life now that she's been given that sen- second chance. Yeah. So I feel like this is, and it, I think with like it being set at Christmas and again, like, it being set in London, I think, just, like, sprinkled that little bit of extra Christmas magic on everything and <laughs> just made it a lovely time at the movies. And I hope this is something that I'll watch every year. Maybe yeah. not every year. Maybe every other year. You know? You can't have mm-hmm. too many Christmas movies. Well, you... Well... No. No such thing. No such thing. But <laughs> there's some years where I'm, like, all in on the Christmas movies and some years where I'm, like, I'm just gonna take it easy this year. Yeah. Usually in Star Wars years. Because <laughs> <laughs> my time is then which, taken up by Star Wars. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we kind of fucked ourselves in that regard. Okay, <laughs> I'm like having like my panic attacks about Rise of Skywalker being so close now. I don't need to be reminded of that right now. <laughs> nope, so we're going to think about Christmas. Christmas! <laughs> think about Christmas. I, I agree about the sincerity. The sincerity of the film is 100% there. Not a soul is phoning it in. It does bring me the magic of Christmas because it has that message of, like, you can do good and it feels good to do good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, no... There's really no other motive that Kate... Like, I mean, originally Kate's motive for going to the homeless shelter is to be able to find Tom, but, like, she decides on her own to start singing. Mm-hmm. To go out of her comfort zone and start singing on the streets so that way she mm-hmm. can get money. Um, Not for herself, for the no. shelter. Yeah. And so doing good for other people brings her joy. And I love that kind of message, especially around this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it gives me all the Christmas warm fuzzies. Mm-hmm. And I think this will go into my rotation. Yeah. Christmas movies. I also think it's key that this film says your life is worth living, mm-hmm. your love is worth giving. Mm-hmm. It happens to be set around Christmas. It's not that Christmas and like the fa- time she spends with her family at Christmas is the clincher. Yeah, it's just it. it Christmas is the um, setting. It is not the mess like the message of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So, because so, and uh, I feel like that was a very smart move to make because there's a lot of people who have like very negative experiences with Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. including Kate. Yeah. I mean, her last Christmas, she was getting a new heart. Yeah. From Tom. <laughs> so, are we raising a glass and rose cheer, or are we drowning our sorrows in beer? 
Oh, I am raising a glass in rosé cheer. What Me a delightful too. film. It was very delightful. Yeah. Like, please don't hesitate to go see this. Don't hesitate yeah. to stream it when it shows up on streaming. It's a worthwhile time. It's written by Emma Thompson. You're not going to yeah. have a bad time. No. And so. I would say, like, go, go, go. Because even though this movie came out, like, two, three weeks ago, no, like when I went to... S- now. Say that again? It's like a month ago now. Holy shit, time flies. Um, but when I went to go see it this afternoon, there were only two showings of it because Frozen 2 is taking up the entirety of our movie theater. I mean, don't hesitate so. to go see Frozen 2 if you haven't yet. It's very good. <laughs> I really want to see it. But make sure you go see this movie. <laughs> yes. So, All right. uh, with that being said, next week is our Vanessa Hudgens week, which um, I was planning on addressing this in the next episode, but I think we should address some of the things that Vanessa Hudgens has recently said regarding Woody Allen. Um, oh, right. And honestly not really caring that he groomed and married his basically his daughter um, yeah. and that she would love to work in a film with him. Um, that being said... Uh, there's there's a lot more to Woody Allen to just beyond his current wife that she, yeah. she is choosing to ignore just so she can get a part in one of his films. Absolutely, and it's not great, right? Um, and I don't like the idea of like separating the art from the artist because they're very much so one and the same. Um, but yeah, we're gonna continue with Vanessa Hudgens week um not by celebrating Vanessa Hudgens but by celebrating these two very I haven't seen a night before Christmas yet but two very um good and special and especially in terms of uh the princess switch a pretty diverse film Mm -hmm. um so yes so next week we will be watching the princess switch and a night before Christmas Mm -hmm. um have those watched they're both on netflix uh if you want to tweet at us you can find us on twitter at rose till xmas day uh send us what you think about the pod i mean we're basically halfway through or or a little under halfway through um our no we're exactly halfway through yeah we're exactly halfway through our little little mini series of christmas cheer so let us know what you think and if you have any suggestions for what we should put on our radar for next year please let us know um you can tweet at us or dm us emma where can the lovely listeners find you um i'm on twitter at emphasis that's e-m-f-y-s underscore n-e-s-t abby how about you you can find me on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia. Uh, we upload this podcast onto both the Sapphic Skywalkers and Lousy Beautiful Town feeds, which means this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Podbean, uh, if you are a browser listener. And with that, happy birthday! Because I watched Frosty <laughs> the Snowman <laughs> <today>. <laughs> I love that.
gets to deal with the wrath of his best friend. <laughs> Who's his best friend? Chris. <laughs> Who was growling? Was that Chris or the dog? Oh, I was going like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was the dog. <laughs> I did my TED Talk on Baby Yoda and how Baby Yoda is going to save the world. Um, and I talked about how Baby Yoda wants to abolish ice. So Baby Yoda wants to abolish ice. 